That's right, everyone. Welcome back to 80s High, the podcast that was abducted by aliens, met Elvis, and fathered four kids in Alabama. We're your hosts. I'm Ben. And I'm Chris, aka the Spite Monster. (laughs) And this is 80s High. Uh, Welcome back, buddy. How's it going? Just here living in my spite house, doing spiteful (laughs) things, spite parking. You know, it's all those kinds of things. I'm trying to cultivate a... uh, a mysterious nature so that I'll be picked up by, I don't know, perhaps today's topic, maybe that publication will pick me up and I'll become another recurring character in their growing cast. You're trying to get discovered. I love it. This is, this right. is your moment, yeah. Spite yeah. Monster. Uh, we're here in homeroom. We're, we're spinning the tires. We're lighting the fires. We're waiting for the cl- actual classes to get started. We have a substitute teacher not paying attention. I just have a few things to let you know. We had some cool 80s stuff happen this week that I loved. I went on a big trip to New York City. And I pounded the pavement. I visited a lot of iconic 80s pop culture things. You unturned every 80s stone. I really did. In the entire city. I'm not going to recount them all here, but I encourage you, the listener, go check out our Instagram because I posted the best and the greatest that the Big Apple had to offer from the 80s. It was a lot of fun. You made your mandatory visit to uh, the firehouse, the Ghostbusters firehouse. Always have to visit the Ghostbusters firehouse, but it was great. I, I got some, I got some new ones uh, this time at the end of the workday yeah, at night. So it was fun. Sure did. I just thought this was a cute little fun thing I noticed on the internet. So have you ever heard of the band Bowling for Soup? No. So 19 years ago, Bowling for Soup came out with a song called 1985, and when they came out with that song, it was 19 years after 1985. Okay. So, you know, um, let's see, how's, how's that song, the chorus? There was U2 and Blondie and music still on MTV, her two kids in high school. No, nothing. Anyway, I just thought that was a fun no. little tribute to 1985. Kind of really, it's a fun okay. band. But the last one that you and I talked about, Amblin and Warner Brothers dropped a sneak peek at the upcoming Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai. Oh, uh, yeah, video. you sent that to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thoughts, reactions, hot takes. Eh, eh. We're not a visual podcast, but your face just looked like you had the bitter beer face that just happened. I don't know if it's necessary. I guess we'll see. It's going to be a thing, whether I end up liking it or not. Yeah. We'll find out. Time will tell. I can't say I watched it and was like, oh my gosh, this is necessary. This is needed. I can't wait. It's obviously very different. It's animated. It's a completely different tone than the movie. I don't know. Did you have a different reaction? I have to say it's very shocking my first hot takes, I, I sort of recoiled in concern. I don't feel great about what I've seen so far. It's supposed to drop in May, so I'm excited to actually see it and really get into it. The animation is is cute, but it's nothing revolutionary. It's not like uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse where, or uh, Love Death Robots. We're like, I've never seen anything like that before. It almost, okay, maybe this is just my memory. It almost reminds me of the more modern animation style of South Park. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can kind of see that. A little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of? Here's the biggest thing that concerns me. It doesn't feel like the writing is for our generation. It feels like a little kid's cartoon, and little kids have no idea who the gremlins are, or what the gremlins are, or Gizmo and all that. And I don't know, when you're trying to do these reboots or bring it back, 
you got to write it for the people who are going to love it for the nostalgia. And I just maybe, I mean, let's be fair. It's like a 90 second clip. So maybe there's a lot more there we haven't seen yet, but it doesn't feel like it's written, uh, you know, for the people who would really appreciate Gremlins. I would agree, unless it's a way for them to introduce that property to their kids in a more child-friendly kind of a way. Maybe that's their angle, but I guess we will find out. I mean, do you plan on watching it when it comes out? Oh, I'm going to binge it. Because your curiosity? I have to. I have to see what's going to, you know, I'm I'm concerned. There's a little bit of a Fonz jumping the shark moment in the 90 seconds where like a kid turns to Gizmo and goes like, wait, you know karate? And Gizmo like confidently acknowledges that he knows karate. And I'm like, come on, guys, like. What, does he forget karate by the time he gets to New York? What's going on here? I mean, we know he's got his Rambo in the sequel. That's true. He does he's got his Rambo kind of uh, archery moments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but those are all my hot 80s uh, topics from this week that had nothing to do with our topic. Uh, anything you encountered you want to remind us about, bring up? Uh, just a reminder that, you know, we're a free podcast, but we did recently join coffee.com. That's K-O-F-I. If you're interested in throwing a little bit of lunch money our way, showing us a little bit of love and support for the show, we would be ever so eternally grateful. If you leave a fun yearbook-inspired message Ooh. on the wall when you make your donation, your little gift to us, we'd happily read that and share your snarky comments, your nostalgia memories, your stay sweet, never change kind of message, whatever you want to put in there. Um, your your John Hughes moment, we're, we're there for it. <laughs> but you know, it, it's not necessary. If you just want to keep listening, that's great. If you want to leave those reviews and stars on Apple or Spotify, also lovely. But uh, regardless, the show will go on. So thank you, everybody. I love that. Wait, what? But- Chris, did you see that? I swear out of the door, I just saw a little newsie walking down the hallway going, paper's here. Pa- I want to, f- what, what was that? I don't know, but I just saw a manigator walking, <laughs> sort of slithering with a long tail down the hallway. I thought maybe you saw a cryptid yourself. There's hot action happening in the hallway, and we need to follow <laughs> these guys. They're headed towards the history room. Let's go follow them and see what's going on with this week's topic. Let's make haste. Okay, we followed Mangator and the little Newsy down here to history class to learn that the Newsy here in school this week is hawking copies of Weekly World News, our topic mm. for this episode. And oh, Chris, man. you know how excited I am for this episode because we got another celebrity get. You know, in season one, we got to talk to Malibu from American Gladiator. We've had authors on. We've had a few fun, exciting gets here. Yeah. But when we put out the tendrils, the uh, ten-legged octopus who I guess is behind the banking situation in New York, uh, we put that out there and we actually landed an interview with the chief executive officer and editor-in-chief of Weekly World News today, Greg D'Alessandro, which was amazing. He was such a joy to speak with. Just a fun guy. You know he's there for the joy of what he does. And, I mean, we don't want to give spoilers because this is not for history class, but they've got big plans for Weekly World News. Yeah. Uh, 
going forward. It's pretty exciting. But the good news is you're going to hear clips from that interview in today's episode. Absolutely. And this whole episode, you know, you're going to be on your toes because we're, we're talking about weekly world news. You're not going to know what's true and what's not. But listeners, class of 80s high, we promise you, we really had this interview. It was awesome. I can't believe we got the editor-in-chief of weekly world news. So I, I can't wait for him to share his stories, his memories, his thoughts, his crazy comedy uh, with you on this episode. He's, he was a delightful human being to talk with. Yes, all three of your butts will be on the edge of your seat. So <laughs> so let's get into it. What was Weekly World News? You know, usually I hand the mic for you, Chris, but what I loved is when I went to Weekly World News' website and just like, oh, about us, I just want to read it because Weekly World News is telling it best what they are. Yeah, who can sum it up better? What do we got? To quote, Weekly World News is the world's only reliable news. We offer the highest quality investigative journalism on the planet. Weekly World News began as a print publication in 1683, growing daily ever since. Weekly World News has the most educated, loyal, and dedicated readership in the history of news. Throughout history, the smartest people on Earth have been loyal readers. In fact, many people have told us that Albert Einstein often read Weekly World News while riding his bicycle. Others tell us that they have Albert Einstein's brain in their attic, which jiggles every time it hears a Weekly World News story. Weekly World News has published 100,000 articles and discovered over three. 300 unusual beings living amongst us. Each day, our crack Potenza prize-winning reporters uncover more stories the mainstream media ignores. Weekly World News is the authority on aliens, mutants, conspiracy theories, biblical prophecies, health cures, and wayward politicians. Weekly World News is the only publication in the world to cover the exploits of Batboy, Manigator, the Lake Erie Monster, PhD Ape, P-Lod the Alien, Itty Bitty Elephants, Bigfoot Hooker, and many other beings that the mainstream media refuses to cover. Chris, have I painted a clear picture? Do you understand what's going on here? It is as clear as a black and white newspaper on the end cap of the supermarket aisle as your mom and dad are checking out, getting groceries for the week. That is amazing. Right? That's uh, pretty funny. And, and all factual. I think all of that is a thousand percent accurate. <laughs> do, you, do you want to give us a much simpler like what this thing actually was, though, so everyone knows what's going on? Sure. So uh, Weekly World News was a tabloid that was publishing mostly fictional news stories. We'll kind of talk about that in the United States from 1979 to about 2007. It's renowned for its outlandish cover stories, often based on supernatural or paranormal themes and known for its approach to news that verged on the satirical. Perfect. While we get into the history of this paper... What I absolutely love, we cannot do that without talking about the history of the National Enquirer, which, yeah. as the kids say, Chris, is salacious AF. I loved getting into this. This is great because I actually did not look into National Enquirer, but I did learn that these two newspapers are linked. Yes. And so I can't wait to hear more about that. Holy moly. Because when you understand the origin of where Weekly World News came from, it's amazing everyone's not in jail and we all got to see the paper. This is nuts. Oh, wow. Okay. So oh, the National you got Enquirer, my attention. So good. So the National Enquirer is an American tabloid newspaper that was founded in 1926. Uh, now, William Griffin oversaw it, and he was a protege of uh, one kind of unknown publicist back in the day, William Randolph Hearst. And it originally started as the New York Evening Enquirer, and before it became the mm. National Enquirer. And so... Hearst asked Griffin, hey, in your little publication, The Enquirer, use it as a testing ground. Any kind of stories. Try anything that'll stick. And anything that was good, Hearst stole those stories for his main paper. And so The Enquirer itself never did that well. And unfortunately, hmm. as it was struggling, it kind of went on the fringe to attract more readers. And unfortunately, that fringe was not like Bigfoot and Aliens. 
but it was more uh, pro-fascist propaganda and isolationism. Wonderful. It was a rough paper. So rough that in 1942, the paper and Griffin were indicted for sedition under the Smith Act by a grand jury for trying to subvert World War II and dissuade people from going to war and fighting for the United States. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's how bad it got. Holy Uh, crap. Charges were dropped a little bit later. So we'll fast forward a decade, 1952, and the Inquirer is struggling. Not doing well. Circulation is down to 17,000 copies a week. And it was purchased by Generoso Pope Jr., the son of Generoso Pope, the founder of Il Progresso, New York's Italian-language daily newspaper. Unfortunately, Pope's son Paul alleged that the Luciano crime family boss, Frank Costello, provided Pope the money to buy the paper in exchange as long as the Inquirer promised to list good lottery numbers and to refrain from any mention of mafia activities in the general New York area. If you start talking about these things, you know, bad things happen to good people who start talking about the mob. I'm hoping we're safe talking about this 70 years later, but again... Inquiry was purchased with mafia money with the promise to not ever talk about the mafia. Hey, we're not saying that happened. Right. We're not saying I'm that happened. I'm just reading happened. Wikipedia, which can be exactly. edited by anybody, anywhere. It's anyone, anywhere. And the topic you is know. weekly world news. You don't know if it's true or not. Who knows? You really don't. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Who we're just knows? saying words. We're just saying words. <laughs> A year after that purchase, once they once they did acquire it with maybe not maybe laundered money, Pope revamped the format from a broadsheet to a sensationalist tabloid. Uh, it became so salacious that the mayor at the time of New York, Robert F. Wagner Jr., forced Griffin to resign from the city's Board of Higher Education the following year in 1954. Wow. I see what you're in charge of printing. You are no yeah. longer allowed to be tied to education. Good day to you, sir. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, so in 1957, Pope changed the name to the National Enquirer as we know it today, and uh, really tried to focus on national stories of sex and scandal. Starting to get really dark and salacious. Yeah, I definitely remember National Enquirer being more about like celebrity scandals and that kind of a thing, which is yeah. obviously a departure from, as we'll learn, where Weekly World News went. And the last part here about the National Enquirer is Pope actually kind of really pioneered the idea of having these sort of types of tabloids at the checkout lines in supermarkets. Hmm. He kind of okay. eventually pulled out there was you know there was some gore and some even more graphic salacious stuff that was making the cover and he pulled that out and focused more on topics you know celebrities and UFO sightings, the occult and that softened it enough for supermarkets to say sure you can put it on the end cap with uh, you know the other other magazines that are there and there you have it. Yeah. I just loved the National Enquirer. There was so much dirt there. It was so good. Uh, So Pope Jr. goes on to launch Weekly World News in 1979 uh, and keeps using the black and white printing press that the National Enquirer was using, that was being printed before it switched to color. So the National Enquirer switched to color, and they're like, well, we have this black and white printer we already have. Let's just keep cranking it out. Weekly World News. So question. Yes. Does Weekly World News only exist because they needed a use to keep that printer functioning. <laughs> and I, I asked that very seriously. Like, I kind of wonder, had they not switched and were like, okay, well, we have this printer. We've got nothing to print on. Yeah. What do we do? Like, I almost wonder, would we not have Weekly World News if not for that? Like, we have this machine. We have to put it to some use. We could sell it or we could start something new. Look, you might it have has of, that feeling. It kind of does. You might have heard of the sunk cost fallacy where, like, you don't make a decision based on the money you've already put into something. Sure. And that usually seems like this, but somehow I think it actually turned out okay. Well, certainly. And they're like, guys, we have this huge printing press. 
let's I guess let's just keep going. Let's put all the alien insane stuff on it and keep all yeah. the celebrity sex scandal in the National Enquirer. Absolutely. Uh, it's a good point. It's interesting. I don't know if we would. Uh, so anyway, it's, it's being printed and published in Lantana, Florida. And uh, one of its longest time running and serving editors was Eddie Klontz at the time. He was a 10th grade dropout from North Carolina uh, and had been a copy editor at other papers. Mm. So Weekly World News is getting off the ground in 1979. And so we wanted to ask, what was its future editor-in-chief, Greg D'Alessandro, doing in 1979? Let's find out. Okay, so yeah, I was at college, just got to college. Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame, yeah, I was at undergrad. And I was um, doing theater there, too, and I was in the band. And matter of fact, they were, I wrote in a lot of the uh, drum beats that they still play today. So if you go to an Indian game. Oh, like the marching band. Yeah. Nice. Like, I can't believe it, but I mean, they still play these beats I wrote. Yeah. I was, I was in it for a couple of years, and then, but I was, you know, doing theater. I wrote, I was writing, I started writing, you know, plays. And by the time I was a senior, they did one of my plays on the main stage. They were a big spring production. The play was called, uh, Would You Care for Some Liverwurst? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what it, yeah. That's awesome. It was, it was very much probably like influenced by Monty Python. So it'd be like, it would be like a bunch of like sort of one act plays, but it had somebody in each play that said, would you care for some liverwurst? And then they kind of intersected. And Oh, I love that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to pull that script up too. We're going to unearth all these. I got to pull up. Well, I'll tell you this. Yeah. So I did it with this um, good friend of mine. She went on to be uh, one of the head editors of L Magazine. But we did this. She was the director and I, so I wrote it. And, uh, I auditioned everybody on the indoor track of uh, one of these sports centers, you know, so like, so I had people run around the track and then they'd have to recite the lines as they passed by. So it was very bizarre. I was going to say, what was your process for that? Were you trying to like get something out of their performance? That would be fun, would be fun rather than like, but it was a theater department. So they were really active. So they had so we had them jump on like you know those big pads and rolling around and I had them carry big balls and you know stuff like that. Great stories, great memories from Greg, and we're gonna come back to the whole thing you mentioned about being a musician. I mean, Greg is a man of many talents. He's a writer. He's a musician. He's an artist. Uh, he's a businessman. He was a playwright. He actually wrote a oh play that God. was like stage. Everyone's favorite. Would you care for some liverwurst? <laughs> I love that. That was so good. <laughs> we that were dying laughing. So, that was so, so, so funny. <laughs> so in learning about Weekly World News and how it worked, I think one of the most interesting things I learned about its history is every single headline, every story was based on an ounce of truth. Mm. As a kid, I thought every single story was completely made up. But no, as you really right. dive in, they really tried to start with a nugget and then just kind of, you know, exaggerate. It's a big fish story, if you will. It, it reminds me a little bit of the lesson you learn in life at some point where you watch a movie and it says based on true events, based on actual yes. events, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, this is a real story. But liberties are, of course, taken. It's not right. completely true. And to me, this is like a great extension of that life lesson you learn at some point. But much like you, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, these are all just like silly People just made them up because they're ridiculous. Yeah. But there's always like a little nugget there. Even if the nugget is somebody said they saw a manigator. Well, that's enough. Oh, yeah. Somebody said they saw it. Let's run with that. What would that even look like? What's the story there? 
which is so much fun. Totally. So, so Joe Berger, a former White House correspondent, and he was the editor of Weekly World News from 1981 all the way to 2001, said 80% of the stories were clipped from newspapers. They had three or four clippers just surrounded by piles of clippings from newspapers, and they would spend the day looking at newspapers throughout the world, clipping weird stories. And I love that they would just be like, oh, someone got hit by lightning and survived? Well, we'll try and get an interview, but, you know, maybe just fudge the numbers on the estimated voltage of the strike a little bit. Sure. Which I, that little ounce of truth. Um, Bob Lind, who was a writer for it, uh, said, we wrote these things straight for people who wanted to believe these things. We wrote it like a news story. We wrote a lead with a dash in it, filled it in, and then had some money quote which I thought was really good. And then later, co-founder and editor-in-chief of The Inquirer from 1973 to 1997, Ian Calder, said, we'd say Elvis was still alive and run a picture of what Elvis would have looked like at that time. We'd get dozens of phone calls. If someone calls and says, I saw Elvis, you don't try and disprove the headline. I just love it. It's kind of a, I don't know, it's such an interesting way to approach this. It's the yes and sensibility of improv, right? You're yes. like, somebody gives you a premise and you're like, okay, well, let's run with this. And what happens next? <laughs> you don't say, no, Elvis is dead. Come on now. You say, oh, he is alive. And you know what? Uh, this is where we found him. Yes. And this is what he's doing now. Absolutely. The main rival of Leak World News was The Sun. And The Sun carried kind of a fine print disclaimer saying like, hey, you know, this is not actually really real. But Weekly World News never publicly contradicted the accuracy of any of its reporting until 2004. Yeah. Which then it just kind of said like, quote, the reader should suspend disbelief for the sake of enjoyment. <laughs> uh, which I thought was really great. Now, I feel like you you have these at the ready because you've listed them off already. But can you give us some examples of uh, some of the stories that, that you one might read in Weekly World News. One well, as example, the very first, like, someone is still alive story was Elvis. The first, the, the paper print, hey, Elvis is alive yeah. and well, long after his death. Yeah, you had things like Rome was built in a day. I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> Rome Actually. was built in a day. Uh, it was reported that they discovered an infant dragon preserved in formaldehyde, proving the existence of dragons. Of course, later found out to be a hoax, just some kind of big lizard, but another one, great. Bigfoot Runaway Bride. So good. Uh, with the tagline, Mrs. Big Cold Foot. <laughs> she made cold feet, but anyway, you know. I like that. Uh, there was a repeating uh, column interviewing the Vatican's exorcist in his various battles against Satan. Greg talks about one about a baby parting Lake Michigan. Oh, my God. So good. Well, we're going to put the cover of that one up on Instagram uh, this week. Yeah. Uh, there's a good trademark dispute between Oprah's magazine O and a German erotic periodical also called O. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. And there's a couple other ones, but I want to say these for chemistry because I feel like they're they're classics a lot of people remember. But if you have more, Ben, what else have you got? No, I mean, you know, very common topics they always revisited were like alien abductions, the Loch Ness yeah. Monster, Bigfoot, time travel, always a prediction of an oncoming apocalypse. A lot of like uh, religious discoveries. There's like government conspiracies, there's psychic abilities, yeah. When I was going through the cover pages, especially from the ones in the 80s, there were always a lot of miracle health cures. Oh. You know, do this one thing to burn belly fat kind of stuff. That was all over it. Now I feel like that's just something at the bottom of a legitimate news article. The junk tabloidy type yes. stuff at the bottom. Yes. Well, and Greg shared some great memories. You know, he's at the very top of the food chain right now. So we wanted to ask Greg, hey, like, what are some of your favorite of these recurring topics that always come up? And, wh and why do you love them so much? Absolutely. Well, I, I, I do like the, the cryptids, which is very popular, which is like half human, half animal or half 
two different animals put together. Yeah. I just like these beans because I found that like in now I've been doing this for a while in every state there's every state there's there's uh, some weird beast, you know. So like in New Jersey, we got the New Jersey devil. And it's not just that there's oh, there's this mythological beast or something, but there's a large group of people that really believe that the New Jersey devil. So I'm kind of fascinated by that too. And we have like a character that I've always liked uh, called Mangator. Mangator, okay. <laughs> so it's a man and an alligator. So Mangator was in um, a swamp in Louisiana, and they, these guys were fishing on a swamp boat, and they reeling in something, and, and they, they brought in this Mangator. It was bleeding. It was a half man, half alligator, and then they were afraid of it at first, but it was bleeding, so they wrapped him up and, you know, helped him out, and then they gave him... They had some beer in the boat, so they gave him some beer, and he Smart. started drinking. Good move. And yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> he, and, uh, so then he was telling them that, that you know, where'd you come from, and everything. Well, the government had been experimenting with these, you know, genetic man alligator, and there was a cabin about you know a mile down the the swamp that had like hundreds of manigator eggs. So he left. They gave him a beer, and 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 then they went to the this cabin and and they brought in their government and they destroyed most of the eggs except some got away so <laughs> of course, still much of course. So, I've always, so i like this whole thing of the government there's good governments doing all sorts of things and and our our, our character mitigator is kind of like a bill murray character he's like, <laughs> i love that he's, he's got a, he's got a, he's got an attitude he's got this that kind of attitude and he drinks beer and so he's he's fun so i do like this whole thing of like you know, what the government's telling you or not telling you, or what's true, what's true. We have this like theme running through it all the time is that perhaps the government wants us to put these stories out. Oh. <laughs> so that they're discounted and people think it's just ridiculous and stupid. But actually, <laughs> we're reporting on the truth, you know. Hiding in plain sight. Brilliant. Right there. Yeah. Plot yeah, twist. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's what could be happening. I mean, the man knows his audience. If you listen to us in Unsolved Mysteries or before, you know I love a good cryptid story. So I'm right there with Greg on that. Yeah, I love that he said that Manigator was based off of a Bill Murray personality. Yeah, (laughs) that's amazing. I had no idea. That completely anchored a sensibility about that character that I never would have pegged. I love it. So those were some of the common themes that were in the paper, but there were also contributing writers that would come over and over again in different columns. So you had like, uh, yeah. first it started as Dear Babs, and then later was Dear Dottie, who were these you know outspoken advice columnists. Uh, there was High Dolly, who gave relationship advice. Horse Sense, which was medical advice. Sure. Monkey Business, which was like financial and business related advice. And Madam Melissa, a psychic. The most famous columnist was Ed Anger, who was an opinion mm. column. This guy was created in 1979 by staffer Rafe Klinger, and he was this, as Rafe describes him, this perpetually angry conservative. You know, typically his columns began, quote, I'm pig biting mad, who would like, and he'd like rail against illegal immigrants, women, speed limits, and rainforests. Greg had some interesting insight of where they, that's one of the columns they have discontinued. They don't do Ed Anger anymore, and, and maybe Greg can kind of tell us why. One of our biggest columnists was Ed Anger. So, and he's somebody that we can't publish his stories now because he became real. You know, he was, a, it was a satire of a very right wing pundit. Yeah. So now people think it's real. 
he wrote a book that was popular in the 90s, Pave the Rainforest and Give Stun Guns to Teachers. Oh, God. That was the name of the book. Oh, so man. you can't do that. No. Yeah, it's one of those things where the art that imitates real life becomes the thing. Yes. It's a little too close to home. And so I get it. Yeah, like, I get it. I get it. You know, it's a different sensibility. It's a different world now. And so at that point, you're kind of like, okay, maybe we have to sort of go in a new direction because it's not the same zeitgeist now as it was back right. then. When you're writing all of this absurdity, you kind of want to protect your identity a little bit because you don't know, yeah. you know, your man gator friends are going to come looking for you. Uh, you know, if you if you say the wrong thing about your favorite politician, they're going to want to kind of track you down. And so I loved in Greg's history for World Weekly News, he himself wrote over 1700 different articles. And, Amazing. He, you know, a few of his a few pen names that he wrote under and now now the cat's out of the bag, but the articles are long, long over uh, Frank Lake, Tap Van, Heidekai Taylor. And um, I love that Greg was willing to tell us where those names came from. Uh, yeah. So everyone writes under a pen name. Like we have uh, Brick Rivers is one of our writers. And so Frank Lake, when I was talking about high school, that's the town I grew up in. It was called Franklin Lakes. And um, Tap Van, that was just based on, a, I lived in Venice, California for a while, you know. There was a street. People were living out of their vans. So I was watching somebody tapping on this van, and I had to come up with another name. So I was like, oh, Tap Van. That's so awesome. And Hideaki Taylor, I think that was just, uh, Weekly World News was, they took it where we had, and they put it in Japan. We, were, we actually had four years in Japan. That's cool. Yeah, so... So they're like, you need a kind of Japanese sounding name. So I was like, all right. Hide the Aki. I, I was trying to come up with something like that. Hide the Aki. Okay. Yeah. Hide the Aki Taylor. And then I think, and so I've had, a, I've, I've had a few of them and other people come up with others too. And I also love that it's not super complicated. Like he literally right. saw somebody tapping on a van and was like, that's my favorite. Tavan, that's a great name. Tavan. Getting inspiration from the world around you uh, and your commutes and just walk through life. Revisiting another topic we've done in this season. So uh, David Byrne came up both in our interview with Greg, but also in the research of Weekly World News. Um, yeah. David Byrne did a film in 1986 called True Stories. And he told Rolling Stone magazine in an interview that a huge part of the inspiration for that was Weekly World News. As we know, David's a powerhouse of creativity. He pulls from everywhere. And I just love... And I'm also not surprised that David was a, a, a frequent reader of Weekly World News. Absolutely. I know that's something that you tend to follow and are interested in and are helping. I, I think in earnest, you are doing some work on the side and your other hobbies to try and save lives, crack cases around the world. Did you read what happened in February of 1989? I don't actually know. Okay, you would, so you would like this. So uh, Weekly World News did something really controversial in February of 1989. What a way to celebrate Valentine's Day where on the front page of the publication, they published post-autopsy photos of the executed serial killer, Ted Bundy. Oh, And geez. this was very different than everything else they had done. It was not lighthearted. It was not cryptid. It was not wow. funny. And they were real. And it was on the cover. So imagine you're walking up to the checkout counter <laughs> at Safeway. Boom. 
Yeah, you're used to seeing an alien talking to yes. the popular politician or the current president of the era, and now you have autopsy photos? And it really stirred the pot in the 80s, and that's kind of why wow. I'm coming down the, the home stretch here in the um, history for the 80s. Now, at the time, the managing editor, Eddie Klontz, defended it. He did not retract it. He did not apologize, because he had hoped that the images would actually deter other murderers. You know, seeing what okay. how Ted Bundy had gone out, you don't want to go out this way. Don't do this. But people were super ticked off. And officials and just the general public, especially in Florida, where the printing of the paper happened, mm. were going to try and catch the person who got the photos and put them in the paper. And shockingly, they did. They arrested a low-level employee from the medical examiner's office who they found guilty of taking pictures of the body and giving them, selling them, sorry, to Weekly World News. Mm. Pretty controversial way to close out the 80s for Weekly World News. Absolutely. Oh, goodness. That's all I have for history. Do you have anything else you want to cover of the origins of this paper? I think that paints a nice background. I mean, it really, I think, hits its stride big time in the 90s. And so I think what would be really helpful is to hear about our experiences, our memories, as well as our listeners and Greg's about what they remember from Weekly World News. What in Holy Still Alive Ayatollah Khamenei was that that you just saw run down the hallway? Did you see that? It looked bald with pointy ears and a screech. It can only be the one, the only Bat Boy. We I must, think where'd he go? he's back. He's back. <laughs> he's back. Let's chase Bat Boy down the hallway and get to chemistry class. I mean, it, it's only fitting. I think Bat Boy was created in a lab. Chris, and, everything uh, you're saying is, is accurate. But just keep your voice down. We're here in chemistry class. Bat Boy oh, has somehow affixed himself into the corner of the ceiling. Is he echolocating right now? Right. Make, do not make any sudden <laughs> movements. He looks a little nervous. Oh, uh, no, I love it. So we're here in chemistry class to talk about uh, the reception to the paper, our memories of it, just diving in a little bit more. And and this is really a great place for Greg. D'Alessandro has a lot of great memories and, and to talk about with it. But um, first of all, as we always start off chemistry, do you recall when little Christopher waiting in line at checkout at the grocery store when you first encountered weekly world news? So I don't have like a earliest memory. I just know that I always enjoyed seeing them when I'd go to the supermarket with my mom or my dad, and we'd be there always cracking up, wondering what's the latest headline. You know, you're a kid, you're bored, you're impatient. You don't want to be at the store to begin with. Like maybe you get to pick a thing, but usually you're told, no, you can't have cookies, no Capri Suns. No, stay away from the little Debbie snack aisle. You're just like, oh, man. So, you know, you're usually like kind of bummed out. Didn't get what you want. You're like, well, if we're just getting dumb regular food, get me out of here. But then you'd get to <laughs> the checkout line. Not only was there candy, bonus, that's like your last ditch effort. Your right. pester yeah. power yeah, this final is the stand was right there. But you also got that brief little moment where you could be entertained. I mean, National Enquirer is not for kids. Like, that never really as a kid caught my eye. But you better believe there was something about that black and white, yeah, timeless look of Weekly World News and the ridiculous photos of the 23-pound grasshopper. You've got this <laughs> farmer holding up this ginormous grasshopper that he shot out in a field somewhere. And you're like, what? It's aliens <laughs> talking, like I said, to the president. It's... Elvis still alive, of course. That's a big one. 
And uh, those were just things that I think really stand out. So that was big. And I think the other one that's related to this, and we did get a chance to talk to Greg about it, uh, but we did talk about it on our Weird Al episode, which is Weird Al has a song called Midnight Star. And it's on oh, Weird yeah. Al Yankovic in 3D. And it's basically an homage to Weekly World News. It, it's this entire song about supermarket tabloids. It starts off, I was waiting in the express lane with my 12 items or less yes. at the checkout counter at the local grocery store. I was only passing by when a paper caught my eye. You know, and it's just like, he goes into all of these, you know, your pet may be an extraterrestrial. The ghost of Elvis is living in my dead. You know, it's just, oh, midnight star. And like, you could just envision all of these headlines. And it was basically weekly world news. I loved Weird Al as a kid. And I loved that song off of yes. that record. For some reason, I just thought it was so freaking funny. really interesting about weekly world news and seeing it as a kid in the 80s it was sort of like unsolved mysteries where i was like oh that's where i learned grown-ups can be bad people like mm. weekly world news was another like shocking oh newspapers are not necessarily true and i know like yeah. now that we've done the research for weekly world news for this episode we know that every story was based on an ounce of truth but at the time you think it's all hoot nanny and as a little kid, like, you know, you know, books, like, you know, kids books, you know, you know, the books your parents are reading you are not real. Those are fun stories. And you watch kids TV shows, you watch uh, Silverhawks or Ninja Turtles or Ghostbusters, whatever, you know, those are fantasy, you know, you know, TV can be made up. Right. But Weekly World News was the first exposure that like a newspaper or lo newspaper looking publication could also be making stuff up, which is kind of a big surprise as a little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. But for me, actually reading it, I mean, I, I was much older when I actually really started to get into Weekly World News. And it was definitely the paper I didn't want my parents to know that I was reading. And it was something I would load up on when I was going away for a little bit. So like when I would go to summer camp, I'd save a bunch of those and take those to like share with my cabin mates. Or if I, I was going on some sort of trip with school, like, um, I don't know, like if you were going to go on a on a ski trip or some sort of like overnight weekend thing, some retreat uh, where the adults weren't going to be watching too closely. Weekly World News was hilarious to like pass around uh, with friends. It was the best. Oh, absolutely. I just was thinking about this today. I feel like the Weekly World News is the print version of Ripley's Believe It or Not or like Curiosity mm. Shops. Like there's that weird curiosity shop down on the waterfront in Seattle. Like there's a half, there's a mer person in there, like half human, half mermaid in right. there, like preserved. It is the paper come to life. Yeah, there's also the, do you remember those commercials mysteries of the unknown what? it was time life books what is that and it was kind of the same thing like time life books did this i think they were like hardcover books and you know it's kind of back in the day when you could get like a 26 volume encyclopedia britannica kind of a thing and you could like order them off an infomercial or they were at the grocery store and they had this whole series, Mysteries of the Unknown, what? and same kind of a thing. To me, it was like if you could condense those types of stories or mysteries into hardback, people would go pick them up. And 100%, it's all kind of in that same 
level of the stratosphere in terms of these oh, that's pretty good I like larger that. than life ridiculous over the top stories mysteries what's going on like you said kind of build as a little bit of truth that's so good ben also asked our listeners yeah we did if they had any memories of weekly world news or its unforgettable headlines and we we had a couple uh listeners chime in with some of their favorites did we not uh, we did indeed. Nightly National Nick says, I don't remember any specific headlines, but I absolutely used to marvel and gawk at them as a child. I remember even at eight or 10 years old thinking that you have to be pretty gullible to believe them. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> facts, Nightly Nick. Yeah. I don't ever remember seeing those and thinking like, this is real. Oh my gosh. No. I remember being duped by other things as a kid where in hindsight, I'm like, why did I believe this? But I don't think these were one of them. Uh, Nostragemus said, I remember looking at the tabloids while standing in line at the grocery store and wondering if anyone actually bought them or if they just looked at them and smiled as I did. Yes. Like how many people actually picked them up versus I'm just going to take a look at this until the person in front of me is paid for their stuff and gotten out of my way. Exactly. I. We know you did. We know little know, Benjamin did. Of course he did. If nobody else you know, when I when I look at like the common topics and the stories that are written here and kind of what, what both of those wonderful classmates just said, I feel like Weekly World News was written by everyone's uncle. Like like <laughs> like do you do you know what I'm trying to say? Like every story oh, yeah. is such a stretch to truth where you would like ask your uncle, you're like, hey, so like my parents won't tell me, like, are aliens real? You know, your uncle would go like, Oh, they never told you about my abduction. Okay, yeah. sit in. And like he would very straight face like tell you some totally bogus story. And you'd yeah. like 10 years later, you'd be like, wait, he wasn't abducted? What? That's how I got punked as a kid. I was in fourth grade and it was a stepdad. But my stepdad and this, these buddies of his convinced me that there is this van oh God. at this body shop they worked at that was owned by Pete Rose <laughs> because it had like Cincinnati Reds on it. Of course it. it did. They had convinced me as a kid that that was his van in the middle of nowhere place. There's no way on earth Pete Rose would ever do that. But like they were so convincing and they totally punked me. Totally. I mean, in, in the 80s, my brother had convinced me that my family had adopted me from a cave of wolves. And that they had just shaved me down and taught me English. And you actually believed it? Was it was like two years. And I was so upset oh about it. I was gosh. like, oh, I'm a human. And my brother was like, no, like it was like a bunch of wolves. They had to fight them off. And like, you're one of the cubs. And we we took all your hair off. You never thought you would have to defend your own humanity. I'm a human. I am not an animal. At the age of four, exactly. It's so good. Tearing off my little Ghostbusters t-shirt. But like, I think Weekly World News and those sort of stories help tone our poker faces. And whatever situation you are, to be able to like tell a bogus story straight faced, <laughs> I mm. think I think helped teach us to do that kind of stuff. But I want to talk about the influences on the influencer. So Greg kindly and openly shared uh, some great memories of this, and and two things I hope we can we can spice in here. Of course, we are '80s High, the high school podcast. So Greg shared with us where he was in high school at the time, what his what his high school life was like. Since we talked so much about high school in the '80s uh, for many yeah. people, and as and that sort of blended into what influenced him as a creative that would later influence him as the the chief executive officer of Weekly World News. Love it. Let's take a listen. I had a great high school experience in uh, New Jersey. Born in Brooklyn, but grew up in New Jersey, and. Uh, I played music a lot in in high school, so I had a, I had a rock band, you know. And we played not only just like in the in the high school, but we played all around like uh, New Jersey and 
when we were in sophomore and junior year, we were playing at uh, proms for seniors and stuff like that. Yeah, we had a pretty good we had a pretty good uh, cover band and played like uh, you know we played at the high school. We were like rock stars at the high school, so we had like big um, events that were you know that the cops came and had to break up because a lot of people. <laughs> really? Yeah, they that's got out awesome. Of control. Yeah, we got. <laughs> We played in the auditorium in uh, one big event, and it did, it got kind of destroyed. So it was banned from then on to have any kind of concerts in the auditorium. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what was the name of your uh, band? Can you regale us? Oh, yeah. The, the band's name was Christopher with a K. Christopher with a K? That was our thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> were, you, were you a front man, rhythm guitar? What were you doing in the band? No, I played drums. Oh, nice. Oh, very good. I was cool. a drummer, yeah. You know, I did, I did uh, theater bunch of theater things too and you know it's kind of just crazy fun time i had good good time in high school oh that's great what kind of cover music were you guys playing oh we played anything from uh led zeppelin to you know southern rock was big at the time oh, yeah. mm. so we played that and we played uh you know bruce springsteen songs anything party kind of songs you know everybody in the band was also a jazz player so we played a little bit of that too so a little bit of everything just as long as it was fun I feel like those high school movies of the 80s lead us to believe that there were all these different little sects and cultures in high school that, you know, the jocks versus the nerds versus the drama kids. You, know, yes. you, you, you being a music and a drama kid, do you feel that that was true or were you kind of, you know, since you were rocking out at all the school dances, everybody kind of got along? Yeah, we got along. I mean, I, I, yeah, we definitely had those divisions like every other high school. So I tried to personally try to make friends with, in every group. So I knew a bunch of jocks. I knew, you know, the band i was trying to call the band and people working the newspaper or math class. i tried to get be friends with everybody you know i also i ran ran for uh class president i don't know why i did did it work no it didn't work i gave a big speech and they thought i was joking are you saying that you were known for satire and parody even back in high school yes. is that what yeah, you're telling yeah, us yeah, yeah. <laughs> we actually had a, there was actually a paper called um uh, oz satire paper that i worked on that a little bit and it was, uh, the slogan was, everything you know is wrong, was underneath it. And I think they got that from Fire Sign Theater or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like an irreverent, you know, paper. Is this a seed for, like, where you finally end up today? Was that like you know, a... I, I hadn't remembered it until you guys were just talking about it, but it could have been. It could it could be, yeah. Nice. We, I, we wrote some, some things for them. I wasn't in charge. There was two crazy guys were in in charge of it and it was, it was fun but i should try and get a copy of that oh that would be if you could <laughs> find one that would be amazing that would be so cool yeah we good yeah being an 80s nostalgia podcast we often talk about you know what are the influences that we have and so just out of curiosity tell us like where you are in the 80s and was there any like pop culture of the 80s that was really influential on you at that time of life like give us a little insights into uh greg in this decade yeah I was uh, always into Monty Python. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Movies and stuff like that. So, very much into Monty Python and listening to older George Carlin records. Or, I, I think there was prank phone call records, too. Oh, sure. What was it? Yeah. The Jerky Boys or something? Yeah, the Jerky Boys. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, I liked uh, all, all that stuff. And uh, Howard Stern was becoming popular, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. At some point. So we listened to him a little bit, and he was off the edge. When he started out, he was very outrageous. I've always liked Mel Brooks, uh-huh. Woody Allen, and um, 
you know, the guys that the Zucker brothers that later did um, Naked Gun and all yes. that. <laughs> yes. so, I, so there was a lot of that kind of influence. And, you know, when I was in early uh, in, in the 80s, I was dating a, a girl who was a painter. So I got into surrealistic painting and Dada is and Joe Moreau and Kandinsky and all that stuff, which is very like dreamlike and stuff like that, which I think influenced me too. So it's all like a lot of dreamlike stuff yeah. and just wacky. I always remember the Monty Python, the Ministry of Silly Walks. It's <laughs> a great sketch. And everything else that was going on in the 80s with the um, Breakfast Club and people like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I kind of like all pop culture kind of stuff like that. I love with uh, George, like George Carlin and Mel Brooks and Monty Python. Like, there's there's certainly a level of pointing out the absurd and let's all yes. laugh at what we're all used to. But also, there's so much. There's a such a high level of wit and intelligence with those comedians that, like, right, right, yeah, right. that helps transcend what other comedians are doing at the time. Well, you know, the thing is, like, it, it's kind of this broad humor that hasn't really come back because, like, like today. Yeah, like Judd Apatow and all that. Yeah. And it has it has to have like this heart to it. All these comedies have a heart. Like you can't just be broad humor. Unless you think of some. I mean Jim Carrey did some broad very broad stuff, but um there's so much out today. So I'm sure there's people doing it. Oh, but yeah. it's not like it was. You know what's so great is none of this was surprising. He's talking about Monty Python. George Carlin, Mel Brooks, the Zucker Brothers, like all of this so fits in with the sensibility of Weekly World News that as he's saying all these things, I'm like, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Like it all just tracks so well. And you almost see this dotted line of his life that he didn't know was sort of taking him on this journey to where he is now. 100%. And it's so good. You know, one of my favorite parts of that answer that he just gave is we were able to give him one of the golden gifts of why 80s high exists is to help you remember the thing you had forgotten you loved. Yeah. You know, Greg has done a lot of podcast interviews. Uh, he's great about it. And so we tried to go out there, listen to a bunch and make sure that we were going to give him a unique experience, get you some stuff, listeners that you hadn't heard before. And I love that he had forgotten that his own high school had a total tongue in cheek you know, tabloid fake newspaper and that he thinks maybe yeah. that's one of the, the origins of him getting excited about this whole property. It's funny how these conversations and just like the nature of our show does that. It has that effect where you can be like, I hadn't thought about this in a decade, two, three decades. And all of a sudden it kind of brings it back. But even as a high schooler, he's writing for a satire newspaper. So So it's just like, again, it was in him all along. And he just found an amazing way to express it and write how many articles for Weekly World News? It's over 1,700 by the time that article came out. Wow. So prolific. Amazing. I mean, he's a work machine. He was saying like his goal was to write like four articles a day. And that wasn't even his like full-time job. But it's like, it goes to show if you're committed to something, you just have to do it. It's not always good, but sometimes you just have to do the work. He has some great advice we'll share later, but yeah. Our interview with him last week went over 11 p.m. his time, and he was like, guys, I would happily keep talking with you, but like, I probably should rest. Yeah. Like, (laughs) the man is a workaholic. He's an animal. And you're going to hear a lot more about what he has in store for us. Oh my God, yes. We keep teasing it, but it's it's so good. He is a creative machine. So the paper, um, you know, I'm not going to get into all the sort of reception and stats and things that we usually have, but just a few quotes uh, looking back on the legacy of Weekly World News. Uh, the Washington Post quoted it several times over the years as the most creative newspaper in American history. That's kind of a nice little feather in your cap. 
quote, the Beatles of fake journalism, which I thought was pretty good. I thought that's, that's pretty good. Uh, and a tabloid that screamed in joyous horror for 28 years, which was kind of nice. I think those are all feathers I would want in my cap if I was at the helm of that organization. 100%. Yeah, like so that's, that's some of the feedback from a high level that Weekly World News has received. But we wanted to ask Greg, you know, with all these crazy stories that you publish, I'm sure you've mm. gotten some of the best reader feedback in the history of reader feedback. People oh, yes. writing it about what they thought about the stories or the paper overall. Uh, and so I, I would love to share that with uh, our classmates on what Greg had to say about reader feedback. We don't really get a lot of uh, complaints, except if we put something up that's in color. Because we, we we're black and white. And, if I, and we try... You know, we try to do some color, which they did do back in the 90s, too, sometimes. But people get really annoyed at the color. But it, letters, there's borderline scary emails from people that are around the world. Because we're now we're around the world. Yeah. And it was just a, about people that are being, you know, you're the only place that will report on this. That, that this secret society in Romania is doing some weird thing. And... And I'll get multiple letters with phone numbers and talking about mythical beasts and, and the government. It's like, it gets kind of scary like that. Yeah. And then we get stuff like this, except from people like there's this town in Nebraska where we wrote an article about a, a guy born with a horn on his head. So he was a hermit and he lived in this house. No one ever saw him. Right. And then he died. So we wrote about him dying. Sure. So then they built a statue to him in the town with the cover of Weekly World News. <laughs> so there's a statue in the town of this guy with the horn. So then we wrote about that he had an unknown son that had a son, and this grandson has a horn, too. Oh, my God. Fantastic. But it's but the grandson's a hermit, too. So Of course. <laughs> so we get letters saying, "Where? what's his address? We can't find him. We haven't seen him. Or they say, we've seen him. I haven't seen him. I get a lot of... Things like like that, and um, and I get like Peoria, Illinois. We write about them a lot. So a few years ago, like we kept writing an asteroid was going to hit Peoria, Illinois. You know? Oh my gosh! But I put the exact date that it was going to hit. So this guy was like writing about it. It's like, oh, this isn't this funny and this joke to write about. But a lot of some townspeople were like, "Is it going to hit?" Oh my you know? god! Then, oh no! I'm like, no. So then then the date came and went. And then they called me up and they said, well, it didn't hit. We had all these people that thought it was going to hit. And then all these people thought it was a joke. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It, it hit. It was just, it bounced. It was, a, it was a bounce. I had looked up pure and I had like the exact street name. I knew what building was there. And I said, no, it hit this building. And it just bounced. And it, it was like 2.47 in the morning. And it just bounced down and bounced up. And, to go off so you know so if you didn't miss it it's the first time that an asteroid bounced <laughs> i love so that you stayed that with the in. joke <laughs> yeah commit to the bit <laughs> but then you get people writing to say there was somebody at like a local college said can you tell me how that you know where what the science was behind it you oh. know, like, where are we going? And i'm like from nasa do you know somebody at nasa and i'm like no <laughs> i mean i don't know so we get a lot of you have to get a lot of scary and, and some some weird things like like that, but not a lot of complaints really except for the, the color. Or there's some older before my time 
there's some things that now today, now that culture has changed, they're not appropriate. Like there's some gay skeletons and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, that's not appropriate. So I'll get some things about that in the past too. And I, we try not to be political, but it's just impossible sometimes because we used to write about Hillary Clinton had an alien baby, you know? <laughs> that's right. Yes. So, right? I don't think that's political, right? But oh my God, the hate. Yeah. The hate on both sides was like unbelievable. I'm like, geez, we can't touch that rail. Yeah. I, so I try to avoid all that now. Yeah. And we've been accused of being far left and far right. So I guess that's good. And I love so much that he says the biggest criticism was do not print these stories in color. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. And again, this kind of goes back to what I was thinking in terms of did this all start from like, well, we have this old outdated printing press. We got to do something with it. Well, here's an idea. Here's an idea. And now it's become so much a thing. Because nothing else was in black and white at that time. Everyone was going to color because that was the trend. That was how you stayed current. But this ended up finding a little slice because of black and white. And I think because of the nature of the stories and how ridiculous some of those photos oh were. God. For some reason, it sold it being in black and white versus if it was in color. I think there's something to that. And the fact that now we can have things in such amazing visual clarity. We have 4K television. Oh, my God. Ultra, they're, they're running out of words to put in front of high def. Mega, super, ultra, you know, like they're just like, we have no more things to say for how high def this is. It's 8 million K. I saw some dude taking a picture with an iPhone this week and it had five lenses. I'm, I'm a little out yeah. of the loop, but like it's too, it's too much def. It's too much def. And people, even to this day, still just want it in black and white. And if they even try to stray a bit, people are like, no, 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 get that out of here. Yeah. I thought that was fantastic. I love that. And I love that you brought that up. I'm, I'm fast forwarding to math class, but I'll bring it back. I think what's really, what I love about the paper is like, this is before Adobe Photoshop, kids. Like yeah. the, the photos that they invented, how, and I don't, we didn't get into, we should have asked with Greg, I forgot to, like getting into how they did the graphic design to like make Batboy or like right. photograph the merfolk or like how did they do Bigfoot in his snow cone uh, hut that he's serving down in Key West. Like that was impressive to like, obviously they're not believable, but it wasn't cartoonish. It was somewhere in between. Yeah, it's still better than what I could probably do modern day totally. in something like Photoshop. To yes. I still couldn't probably make them look that good. Right. So the imagery was like really alluring. It was really interesting. Yeah. I dug into the 80s for some headlines and weirdly enough, and I wish I knew why, but the University of Pennsylvania has all the full issues of Weekly World News from between 1981 to 1985 online. So you can click the cover, you can read it in full. I don't know why. Brilliant. I don't know why Pennsylvania is into it. Greg never mentioned Pennsylvania, but, but it is. Yeah, Pennsylvania never really came up. It's not, you know, he grew up in New Jersey. He's lived in, you know, New York. He's been in LA, but right. I don't know. Maybe there, there's some, perhaps there's a journalism center at that university in that town somewhere where they're just like, we need to preserve this piece of culture. Yeah, I don't know why. But we'll, we'll put a link to it in the show notes so you can go browse these on your own. And I'm going to sort of rely on these for Instagram during this episode's life of just put up these covers because they're really great. They're awesome. But I know a couple that stuck out, uh, Hitler's secret UFO plans. Sure. Which then, I think, what was it, like a decade ago, there was Iron Sky that came out, which is like about the secret Nazi base on the dark side of the moon. Like, I love that. I'm just saying on. Dial of Destiny is coming out. Dial of Destiny? Have to do. Who it knows? may have to do. We don't know. 
He went after the Holy Grail. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Uh, Amazing Man has lived 16 times. I thought that was pretty good. I like that. Nice. Um, nice. Sort of like bringing us down uh, the home stretch here in chemistry. Like, are there any of these recurring themes or columnists or writers, anything you want to talk to that either you thought was not so great or that you thought was really interesting, like things that you loved or really enjoyed? Not so much that. I The thing that I found very interesting, and it's something I knew about before this, and this just kind of helped reinforce it, is are you familiar with Poe's Law? Uh, no. At first I thought okay. you were talking about poses and like like Vogue strike a pose. Oh, law. no, more like Edgar Allan Poe. But then I was like, oh, I, it's probably yes. quote the Raven Nevermore Law. Right, right, right. Okay. So there's something called Poe's Law, and it's an adage of internet culture, which basically is saying that without a clear indicator of the author's intent, any parody or sarcastic expression of extreme views can be mistaken by some readers for a sincere expression of those views. Oh, interesting. So this kind of goes back to what we were talking about when Greg was talking about like why Ed Anger doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. Where it's like the parody ended up becoming reality. And similarly, you can write something with the intent of like, this is so over the top and ridiculous. No one's going to believe it. But- Pose law is this idea that somebody will actually mistake it for a sincere expression, whether they agree with it or don't, right? Yeah. So they're going to be someone's going to be like, "Well, this nutcase is talking about this," or "See, I told you, no one believed yeah. me, and lo and behold." And yeah. Greg told a great story about it. I think we're going to save it for contemporary culture, so we will come back to it. But oh, yeah, he has good, this good, good, great good. story where basically I think it very much exemplifies Poe's Law. I wanted to talk a little bit about it in chemistry and just kind of set it up, but I think we'll come back to it shortly with a great example. Yeah, 100%. And with Poe's Law, what I think is like kind of fun, you know, again, all the stories are based on a nugget of truth. But it's interesting when you see some of these show up in like normal news. And I think the really one that struck out to me, you know, Weekly World News always covered like the impending uh, doom, the end of worlds, end of days that was coming. And then we had like the Y2K. You remember like 1999, people were freaking out. Oh, Because certainly. computers couldn't understand zero, that the entire world would go dark on New Year's Eve. Yep. And then there was the whole like Mayan calendar. Was that 2012? That like the Mayan calendar ended 2012? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so everyone thought that was going to be the end of days. And it's just like, yo, dude, they ran out of stone. They couldn't keep writing more years. That's it. Right. On that one tablet. So I loved where some of these like actually crossed over into real news. But, you know, Greg talks about that a couple of times where a couple of weekly world news headlines crawl into real world news. And man, that's, that's some of his favorite stories. Absolutely. As we have alluded, you, dear listener, have probably been in, uh, I'd say, at least a couple checkout lines since 1989. And you may have noticed in recent years, you don't see Weekly World News at the checkout line. And your heart may be breaking. Your spirit may be crushed. But don't you fear. Because Weekly World News is coming back hot and heavy. Mm. And we're going to tell you how. As we, whoa, I think I just saw Elvis slide by the door. Is he going to the lunchroom with us? Is Elvis a little hungry, a little peckish after so many years? You know, in the later years, Elvis, you know, people talk about fat Elvis. He got a little hungry. Elvis, we feel you, buddy. We know the hunger. <laughs> Since we're trapped here in school, let's go do a little jailhouse rock with him. Uh, and then we'll be back in temporary culture to find out what's rock and roll with Weekly World News today. 
Weekly World News is one extraordinary story after another. Wow. Weekly World News this week. World's oldest man takes a bride. She wants lots of babies? Men trapped three days in a freezer. That gives me the chills. Teen runaway becomes a princess. A real-life Cinderella. Possessed man begs for exorcism. Weekly World News. Did a computer goof kill granny? Mom hits record jackpot. With her last 50 cents. This week and every week from all over the world. Weekly World News. The more you read it, the more you get involved. You know, I was behind Elvis in line, oh. and he started singing, You got nothing but a hot dog. Oh, my God. Line all around. And I was like, Elvis, come on. You're better than that. When I saw him sit down with his mystery meat and his pizza slice and his milk, I, like, ran over and put my tray down next to him. And I was like, Elvis, tell me everything. I want to know, where have you been? What have you seen? And he said, hold on a second, Sonny. A little less conversation. Uh, and I said, okay, fine. <laughs> fine. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just pass you a note in class. Oh, man. He's not very chatty, that guy. Not very chatty. So we are sandwiched in between the abominable snowman mm. and Hitler's masseuse in contemporary culture. And we're going to... Sorry, should I go with that one? Is it too dark? Hitler's in no. a bunch. They talk about Hitler all the time. Um, <laughs> and I want to talk about what happened in Weekly World News after the 80s, before we get yeah. today. And I'm going to go in order, and I'm going to go kind of quick. It's not too detailed, but there's some good stuff here. So, of course, the most iconic character that came out of Weekly World News is Bat Boy. And he yeah. was discovered in a cave in West Virginia in 1992. Uh, and later, the story of Bat Boy uh, was turned into an off-Broadway musical by Greg. Greg wrote it and then directed it. Bat Boy, the musical. The musical. The musical. And is that the one where he told us that Spielberg's daughter was in it? Bat Boy, the musical? He told us the one and only Steven Spielberg's daughter but again, it's coming from Greg. So is it true? Is it not Who true? Knows? You kn- in that whole conversation, you don't We're know. We're led to believe. Was that even Greg we talked to? That's the other question. So <laughs> <laughs> we think it was. It was an AI with ChatGPT just answering questions for us. I mean, there's like a 95% chance that's true. But yeah, it's uh, it's, it's amazing. There was a musical. Who knew? It's so good. Uh, in January 96... Weekly World News turns into a comedy series on USA Network uh, and hosted by journalist Edwin Newman. Uh, Unfortunately, did not last more than one season. Have you ever seen it? Did you see one? Have you ever seen it? I did this? not, no. Uh, yeah, I failed Greg to Greg mentioned in. it in our interview when we talked to him, but I uh, I did not know it was a thing. There's a great mention of Weekly World News in one of my favorite sci-fi movies from the 90s. Do you know where it shows up? Oh, uh, shoot. What was it? I feel like I read this and now I have a total mind blank. Quick note here from editor Chris and our enthusiasm to talk about this movie. We actually forgot to name it. We're talking about the one and only Men in Black. Agents K and J are walking down the New York street oh, yes, 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 and yes, teaching yes, yes. them how to get all the news. And I love um, Tom Lee Jones picks up a weekly world news and says, this is where you find out what's going on with the aliens. You know, the best, the best damn investigative journalism in the country. Now, it was a parody of Weekly World News. It was just sure. called The World. The World. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. I saw that in my research, and I thought that was so funny. Yeah. So, uh, a bit of a wild thing. So, 1999, David Pecker, uh, which just reminds me of Peck from, uh, from Ghostbusters. Pack. David Pecker Peck, uh, man. buys oh. Weekly World News. And the summary of this long list that I read is basically everybody else leaves. I can't tell if they leave on their own accord or if it's sort of like severance or pushing people out, but like mm. basically all the writing staff leaves over the next two years at the turn of the millennia. Pecker brings in a whole bunch of new comedy writers to replace the old guard. And instead of like the straight faced, 
hey, this really happened. We f- we found all this. It gets much goofier. It's mm. I, I saw a great description. It was like, imagine if X Files and the Onion had a baby. Like it was Ooh, much okay. more obvious. It was ridiculous. Right. But somehow it's kind of working. In the two thousands, um, it peaked at one point two million copies per issue. So it's doing great. And then in two thousand five, in the spring two thousand five, it goes quote. All new uh, with other tabloid papers such as the National Enquirer, which had become bigger, bolder, better. So in the new Weekly World News, we get new advice columns and new business columns. Oh, I liked this. There's a weird picture search with mad cartoonist Sergio Aragones. Okay. I mean, Mad always had such... Mad Magazine had great art. You know, Greg mentioned Saturday Night Live. It's kind of like that. You know, you get a change of cast and eventually you're like, okay, it's got a slightly different vibe. There's different segments. There's different, you know, recurring characters. I got to get used to it. But this is just how things work. Totally. There's new trivia, test yourself jokes, misadventure, who's sort of an American hero who goes on crazy crime fighting things. But just super wild, interesting stories. And I wonder if this is an okay time to put this in here. Remember, you know, Greg himself had done 1,700 stories, and these are all over the place. And it's so wild to try and get these stories into publication and get them out there. And we asked Greg, how do you pitch stories today? Like, how do you cut through the noise and get your stories to get picked up? And I thought it was sort of interesting, the, the kind of guidance he gave. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, I think it's just harder. It's getting harder and harder to pitch because, you know, comedy especially, because people, it's subjective, you know. I think, like Jerry Seinfeld said, that if, if he walks on stage, has Jerry Seinfeld today, they just laugh because it's, oh, it's Jerry Seinfeld. Sure. Right? But then if he tells a joke, it's only, only 75% of the people are going to laugh. And he's Jerry oh, Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. So, mm. so, like, if you get, like, a regular comedian, like, you know, it's like 50%. And you're just dealing with these a lot of people who don't know comedy or get it, you know, and you get these notes that are like, well, you didn't really, you're not into this humor, you know, yeah. so, so I can't, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, so it's, it's getting, it's, it's, it's hard. And for weekly world news, we get, a, you know, people are like, oh, maybe it should be darker or maybe it should be supernatural, more supernatural or something. And then some, some people are like, oh, it should be more, it should just be experimental. Mm. They forget about just why don't we just make it like something that's enjoyable and funny or something. You know? I don't know. But we did the zombie movie, so we have a a sequel coming up, and it's a it's which I'll tell you about. But it's got this family of zombies, you know. So I was pitching this to the people, and they they're like, "So the zombies had kids?" And I was like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Well, how's that possible?" And I said, well, "What do you mean, how's that possible?" <laughs> you know, you're asking me if it's possible. If the zombies can have kids, what about the zombies? Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? like, you know, we're talking about zombies, <laughs> folks. Like you're just assuming that, like, <laughs> like you're assuming the zombies are alive and they're good, you know. But but now the, the kids—that's a problem. Right, right. You can accept you know, the existence like, of a zombie whore, but not zombie lovemaking. Okay, that's just taken right. no, for no, granted. No, no, like, no, of course, yeah, there's zombies. That there's a baby yeah. that there's a, like two zombies have a zombie baby. That's not possible. I mean, that was one of my favorite stories that he told in our whole interview that like people were like, yeah, no, totally zombies, but not zombie kids. Zombies can't reproduce. Yeah. Now you're going way too far. Like that was the one that blew me away. Like, oh yeah, zombies. Of course. We just take that for granted nowadays. But like, hold on. They're reproducing? No. Impossible. Get your science right. (laughs) 
okay. okay. How do you even respond to this? <laughs> you know, the other thing here I, I would love to hear Greg's thoughts on, because I thought it was really interesting. You know, and the, you know, this goes along contemporary culture. And this sort of show up, you know, in the 2000s. But we, we do, we live in interesting times. And thankfully, this phrase is actually quieting down a lot over the last couple of years. But many of us have had to endure this smashing your head against the wall, frustrating blurring of reality in the news. I don't even even want to use the phrase that makes me so angry when I hear the news. I'm Ed angry. I'm Ed anger about the phrase. But claiming there's news you can't trust. And we asked Greg, like, where does Weekly World News live in this ecosystem of truth and parody and satire in the news world? And I thought he had not only insightful answer, but a, kind of an encouraging answer for Weekly World News' goal. I think it's made it harder and easier in some ways. So the harder part is that, first of all, you know, there wasn't this term fake news until 2016. I mean, it wasn't around. The term means like, you know, deceitful or manipulative or something like that. But And then they try and like say, oh, Weekly World News, that was Weekly World News. But we were, that, that was not us. Right. You know? We're always just fun and playful and stuff like that. But so that makes it harder because some people say, oh, it's just all fake news. So we get in this fake news label. And they say that for about The Onion or Babylon B or both ones. There's a lot of other people doing the same thing. There's a satire site in Ireland called Waterford Whisper News. So they started it so that they would have the WWN. And I've talked to them. They're excellent guys, great guys. And they're very, it's very, very popular. Everyone's kind of like, Similar, but we're, we're trying to carve our own path, which is the same path. We're trying to be like apolitical, fun, playful. So you got the onion on the left, and now the Babylon Bee has a very big bio on the right. So in that way, it makes it easier. So what we're trying to do is to, to be something where people can just, everyone can come together and have fun and maybe think and imagine a little bit about things that are possible. Like we've written about, you know, Oh, so we say, like, you have the flat earthers, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then you have, like, you know, a lot of people think that the earth is an orb, you know? Yeah. So what really is happening is that it's both. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's a breathing thing. It's flat, and then it goes up, <laughs> flat, and oh, you know, like, so, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I like that. Way to bridge the gap. Unfortunately, when they're taking these pictures from out of space, they've only caught it when it's round. Yeah, but it's both, you know, it's, it's, it's like moving up and down. It's a creative solution to that. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, great. Yeah. So, so we have like, you know, we have things like that. And I like to, I, I do like thinking about stuff like that and gravity. Like yeah, what is, gravity, sure. what is like, I, we have no idea. I don't have no idea what gravity is like this space time thing. And I, I don't know. So Ben, first off, I wanted to say that your Ed Anger character is like Ben T. Kettle, like you know, tea kettle, like it's just like your face turns red and there's steam coming out of your ears. Oh, that's good. I like that. But I do like here that you know, Greg acknowledges of like this is a challenge nowadays, and so to thread that needle, like there's there's satire all over the place, all over the world, right? You know, he talks about that a little outlet in Ireland. He talks about some of them lean left, some of them lean right. And his kind of like goal is to be more apolitical, to have fun, yeah, and find a way to like bring people together. And and I I appreciated that because to be in a realm where they are, and then for this 
phenomena to happen and become just sort of like, it's probably a word of a year that I don't even want to think about. Yeah. Was it Merriam-Webster is like, the word of 2016 is, and you're like, it's probably this term. Gross. The fact that he's like, okay, well, that's not the same thing because our aims are different. And our aim is not to manipulate. Our aim is just to to be fun. And so I appreciated that, you know, that's the spirit that he still, it's near and dear to him. And when you're lost and you have your true North Star, this is his North Star (laughs) to be like, okay, yes, there's some, there's more noise out there, but I can see where our horizon is. I like that. Totally. And I thought you made a really good point to Greg when we were talking that you said, you know, in a way, Weekly World News is like South Park. Where if if nothing is sacred and everyone is fair game, it's kind of how you stay safe. If you don't, if you're not taking sides, if you're not attacking anybody, it's well. If you're attacking everybody, <laughs> then, like, then you're then you're sort of really fun because everyone can yeah. come together and be in a space together and have fun together. And I love that. That's like at the end of the day, that's what Weekly World News is trying to do. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you've succeeded when you've been accused of being both politically far left and far right. Yeah, and you're like, right? we're kind of apolitical. So I guess we won. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's get back to the history of contemporary culture. So in 2004 and 2005, uh, Peter Badge created a Batboy comic strip. So Batboy lived on in a comic strip form for a little bit, briefly. But uh, we all remember, if you were in PR of any kind or just paying attention, those early 2000s, all print media started to just die. Yeah. You know, papers started to dry up. They started to get shoved with ads trying to survive because, you know, internet was where everyone was getting their news and print was print was dying. And I think that that's where kind of like all smaller publications, not that we was small, but comparison to like, I don't know, Time Magazine really suffered. So in 2005, 2006, sales were done to 83,000 copies per issue. So again, it, it was riding high at 1.2 million and now it's down to 83,000, and uh, it ceased publication in 2007. It then became an insert in its enemy, the sun. Like, what a punch to the gut that, like, your chief and only competition, now you're just, like, one little page that's put into the middle of your competition. That sucks. Sorry, Greg. Sorry, writers. But then the sun died also in 2012, so it only lasted for five more years, even with Weekly World News, and then the sun went out of business. So, behind the scenes of all of this struggling, there's the beginnings of a seed of hope. There's, there's like the small egg of the phoenix being incubated as the current phoenix dies, mm. falls from the sky. So, October 2008, Batboy LLC, started by Neil McGinnis, bought Weekly World News as it's struggling. It moves to online from 2009 to 2015. And as the sun, how it sort of existed in its own space as it was dying and moving online, it really focused more on health and the miracle cure thing. Eat 20 pounds of gummy bears and shave 10 pounds off your thighs, like insane stuff like that. Weekly World News really stuck to its guns of supernatural stories and sightings of Elvis and, you know, the rock band started by the Loch Ness Monster, all that kind of stuff. And this is where Weekly World News in this time, while it's online and it's being fun, but it's really carving out again what it's really true for, has some of these stories that are told so well that normal news picks them up (laughs) and and actually, actually gets a lot of people in trouble. This is really interesting. So we started by asking Greg, you know, writers are supposed to write what you know. So have you used anything from your own life? 
in your writing. And then, you know, what are what are some other crazy wild headlines and stories that you remember being a part of? Boy, did he have some stories. Did he ever. I've been going back and forth to London. I was thinking about this uh, on the flight and the Kardashians were popular at the time. So this wasn't personal, but I, I did like, there was two of them that from this little era, yeah. three of them. One was, was Kim Kardashian's butt exploding <laughs> on the, on a, you know, so. I thought I remember reading that. I feel like I remember that story. Yeah. So I said she was flying from London to LA and, and her butt exploded, you know. And I had been talking to a, a, this girl I knew and was with, and she had been in Brazil and we were talking about butt. And then, you know, so then I was like, oh, you know, what if it, exploded on the flight and that's how we wrote about it. and then she actually kim kardashian on her episode read it part of it on the episode <laughs> oh, she no. read it off the side yeah that's awesome so that was good what was her reaction did she find it funny yeah yeah okay there's there's three of these uh that were like that one was another about uh twinkies so i i wrote that there's a guy named dean Paracone. he was a health doctor Plastic surgeon. I don't know what he had. Okay. But uh, he was popular for a while. And I, I said he recommended Twinkies as a uh, health food. And, and I put the exact what he recommended. Like, you know, you had to have one half in the morning with some orange juice. And then the other half at night with some water and put a two teaspoons of olive oil in the water. So it made this whole thing about it. And I, I thought that was funny. But then he put it on the front page of his website. No. He thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Dean Paracon, he thought it was the funniest thing. And I was like, oh, that, I like that. That's great. And then um, the other one was probably the jetpack one. I had this jetpack story. I don't know if you read about that. So, so I, was, I had been reading about this other project I was working on, about this um, company in Australia that was thinking about making jetpacks, you know. Okay. And they, they had made a prototype. So I was like, okay, that there you go. And I was in LA and I was reading about the something with the police. So I said, okay, we're gonna have the LAPD is gonna buy ten thousand jetpacks <laughs> and, and form the jetpack force. So I, I wrote this up and I named the, this Australian company by name. Probably shouldn't have done that, but anyway. Oh no. And I and it was good, and it was ten thousand dollars each, and they're buying ten thousand of them. So that's a billion dollars, right? There. Yeah, it's you know, pretty so It's kind of silly. <laughs> sure. Yes. So I put I posted it at three three thirty in the morning or something. At seven a.m., Brian Kilmeade on Fox News read my story with the bullet points oh, no. of the jetpack. Yeah. Like seriously, he was saying this was actually going yeah, to happen. No, he, yeah, he was reporting that oh, LA was forming his jetpack. God. So I, I, you know, I went to bed and I woke up and I had my phone on Alice and they were like, "What the." I'm like, they just, he just read your, your article, you know? It's like, oh, my God. It was bullet points. So then at 10 o'clock that morning, CNN found out that it was just a ridiculous thing. So they did a story about how stupid Fox was. <laughs> and then MSNBC did another story. MSNBC did a story. And then later on that night, CNN did another longer story and interviewed Neil McGinnis, who was in charge at the time. Oh, yeah. And then later that night, David Letterman... It was like number two on his list for that top, whatever, 10. You made Letterman's number two spot of top 10. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. great. That's a, that's yeah, that's a good run. That yeah. whole run. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, but that was also God. just stuff that I was, that was like, I just remember the people I was with that led to me that night thinking about it because I had been talking about 
early in the night with some people about jetpacks and everything. And then that company, by the way, they were just bombarded with because uh, at the time we had I think a million views a month or something. Oh sure. And they were like, we haven't even made one. You know, like <laughs> we're not selling any. But now today they have jetpack people flying over LAX. I don't know if you've seen oh, stories really? in the last year. Yeah, read about it. Like in the last year, there's been like a real sightings of these jetpack people flying over LAX. I feel like that's a great example of like you being in, in on like the early meme culture. Like you did a joke yes. and the joke yeah. evolved and twisted and reformatted yes, in just 24 exactly. hours. Yeah. And it's changed. So people, first of all, people don't read stories much. now. They like to listen to podcasts. They like to look at YouTube all the other millions of things that you could do, you know. And I love the idea, like, these weren't things that happened to him personally. You know, he makes it clear of, like, it's sort of, like, where he gets his inspiration from and how a story became a thing. And I love the fact that both with the Kim Kardashian and the doctor with the Twinkie health fad, both sort of embrace the stories about them. You know, the doctor puts the story on his website. I think he said on the front page, Kim Kardashian's actually reading that article on the Kardashian, Meet the Kardashians. Like the fact that they're they're kind of embracing it. Like again, these are people who could be offended by it or whatever, but they accept the joke. It's almost like a badge of honor. It's like when you get called out, you're like, this is how I know I've made it. It's kind of like Weird Al, right? Like when you get parodied by Weird Al, that was that other badge of honor. Oh yeah, so good. And then of course the fact that he just had this idea of like, oh, I heard about this Australian like startup that was going to be making jetpacks. And then I read a story about LAPD. So I just linked the two together. And then, gosh, what? It ended up on like Letterman, like all in a 24-hour yeah, cycle. Right, like, like one of his top three things. And you know, you got to love the irony there of like, that Weekly World News, actually to most people's not surprise, Weekly World News does more research on its headline leads than uh, <clears throat> the first reporting news station that covered yeah. uh, their jetpack story, <laughs> as we all are very well aware. Oh my God, so good. Now, we also asked the class of 80s, hi, do you have any shockingly real headlines from your own life that could be a Weekly World News headline? And we got a couple answers there. We sure did, Yeah. Nightly National Nick said, High school dropout gets nuclear physics degree, joins Mensa. Is that true, Nick? Are you actually a, a nuke physicist and a Mensa? It's actually true. I do I, I do know that that is true oh, for, for Mr. Okay. Nick. And I, that's pretty impressive. Wow. I do think it's pretty cool. Way to go. And Nostradamus says, Man lives dream life in Ohio. <laughs> that's the absurd one. That's the. <laughs> that one's completely unbelievable. As in, you're a native Ohioan, right? Or did you just grow up uh, there? I'm not native, but I did grow up there. That's right. That's right. Well, we always talked about the the sort of pre-meme days. As you know, Ohio has one of the highest per capita rates of astronauts. And so what is it about Ohio that everyone's trying to leave the planet? Nothing makes you want to leave Earth quite like growing up in Ohio. In Ohio. But listen, just like Batboy can carve out his little niche in the world... Nostradamus has found a way to live that dream life in the one and only heart of it all, Ohio. I love it. It's so good. So let's get back to today. So Weekly World News is officially relaunched in 2019 by our good man, Greg D'Alessandro, along with SpyCat LLC investor David Collins. 
The next year, September 21st, 2020, Weekly World News launches a Kickstarter campaign to try and expand its reportings, do better graphics, get some video production going. And the real goal, like Greg said in our interview, he really wants to get it back in print. He wants those black and white papers on the end caps. And not only was it successful, but they went way beyond their goal for the Kickstarter. So they get all the money they need to get rocking and rolling. Did you see the Kickstarter video? No, I missed the oh. vi- There's a video. It's still out there. Yeah, yeah. I actually found it when I did a little uh, Google search. It's fun. It's a good time. It, it features Greg a lot. So if you want to see Greg in person, he's uh, he's, oh, he's there. It. We'll link to it. And that way, yeah. if anyone is interested, you can uh, you can check it out. You know, typical like three, four minutes. It's good. It's fun. So just a little over a half a year, Greg's dream is initially realized. And in April of 2021, they come out with the greatest covers of Weekly World News print edition of Tabloid. So you just kind of go through the greatest covers. So it's already back in print. That's exciting. That summer, in July, it announces the formation of Weekly World News Studios, whose goal is to develop and produce entertainment projects based on all the characters and the columnists of, of its whole history. And I think you pointed this out. This feels like the beginning of like a Marvel Cinematic Universe for Weekly World News. This is where it all starts. I mean, he kind of talks about it in our interview. And as he's going on, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're sort of like building up your phase one. Like that was a joke when we were talking to him. And it's a very ambitious and pretty amazing story. Like just hearing it, I was like, this is well beyond what I even imagined. It's so cool. So let's hear straight from Greg, or it could be Zortak from Planet 19, what the plans are and what's going on with Weekly World News Studios. Yeah, so my mandate since I started in 2019, so it's so I'm trying to set things up in LA because I, you know, trying to set up shows, podcasts, all that. and unfortunately when we started in earnest was February of 2020, but uh, it's okay. We had, we had our first deal with... Um, Skybound, which did The Walking Dead, big fans. Oh, yeah. you know? mm-hmm. Amblin Entertainment, we had been a sure. deal with before. Steve Spielberg, was, he was a fan. His daughter was in the first Bat Boy the Musical. Really? That's yeah. great. I mean, that's the, it. Oh, that's so good. Oh. The people that are fans, it's it's crazy. The fans, so we just got to bring it right back. Yeah. So, um, so we started out with Skybound. We we're going to do a TV show, and then they said, "No, let's do a podcast. We'll do ten episodes. Then we'll." Do a TV show, and then it got too complicated. But after all this time, we've had a lot of interest in pitch. So we have a, a series with a um, big studio for a Bat Boy series. And that I said, that's getting closer. And then we have a, a documentary that's being made about the history of the world. Oh, no way. Yeah. And then I have another series around Y2K, because we had a lot of doomsday prophecy. Oh, yeah. In the world yeah. And we're working with a couple of uh, writers from around the world. There's one in Japan, and writer director her name is Lisa Takiba. She's developing a one based on one of our articles. So uh, it's taken me a little while to get people to realize that it's not one show. It's sort of like a mini, mini Marvel. We have a lot of different 120,000 articles, 300 characters. So we have all this going in LA, but LA is LA, and yeah. things could move slowly and turn. And, you know. So that's why in 2021, I decided we got to do our own movies. So we formed our own Wiki World News Studios. So we decided that we would do an independent movie, which is not based on our core characters like Hogzilla or Lake Erie Monster or something like that. So we did it about zombies. So it's called Zombie Wedding, and we filmed in October 2022. It's being edited right now. That's what I was doing in LA. I'm going back. Yeah. 
And hopefully it'll be out in October if, if timing works. If not, it'll be out a few months after that. So that's our first weekly world news presents our first movie. And then, but we have like five or six lined up right after. So this is your Iron Man and the end of phase <laughs> yes. one builds to your Avengers where all of these characters come right. together. Yes. Avengers, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. zombie wedding, save yes. the world they're together. Come together. Yeah, and save, they're all going to save the world. Yeah. We're yeah. ready. We are, we've yeah. already pre-ordered our tickets. This is amazing. It. I'm really ready for it. That's awesome. So it's a crazy thing because we were going to, you know, I always want to have like a studio out in LA and upstate New York. I mean, Long story short, but we, we wound up getting this town in southern New Jersey called Vineland. It's in an urban economic zone. It's like kind of down on its luck town. It's a big town, 30 miles from Atlantic City, 30 miles from Philadelphia. And uh, this town, they gave us half of our budget for a movie. Whoa, that's yeah. awesome. Wow. And they gave us a building. Excellent. I have a 40,000 square foot building, which actually where I was today. I was there today. That's Weekly World News Studios. We're going to build, that's where we're going to do our movies, and we're going to put the screen in and, and start doing our own movies while we're waiting for L.A. to get their act together. That's like 80% of the battle is finding the money and a place to shoot. That's great. What a yeah, yeah. We have, we, have this, uh, we have this place, and we have some people that are going to start to move there, and uh, the person who developed our Metaverse game for the Sandbox is going to move there, and we're going to hopefully get some more people it's it's this crazy thing. I'd like to think that India has Bollywood, and now you're going to start like I don't know what you call it, like Wallywood. Like it's the yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. That's a good something one. I like that. something exciting. Yeah. Like and what an interesting creative endeavor for this town. This you know looking for some way to kind of like turn around their economic yeah, yeah. you know troubles. Like and it's you know you think of states that have done that like. Georgia kind of leaned hard into yes. like, we're going to become a center yeah. where people are going to want to make shows and movies. And like, you can't watch anything now without seeing the Georgia peach come up as, you know, part of where something was produced. Walking Dead, you mentioned, you know, like, yeah, um, that's, that's, I love this idea. It's super cool. Yeah, they're very uh, forward thinking town. It's like shocking that the mayor and all the, the wonderful people in the town are, are behind it. I mean, it's crazy. We got this. You'll see these seven-foot-tall posters of Wiki World News covers in the windows of this big building in the center of the town. That's awesome. It's a lot of things in different areas, but the whole point is trying to get people to fall in love with it again and new people get exposure and uh, reintroduce it. Because it's, you know, it's something fun that people, when they when they find about, about it, they, they like it, you know. What I love about this is he basically partners with a town to create the next, like, this is like Silicon Valley before it's Silicon Valley, right? And someone's yes. like, we're going to come here and we're going to make this a thing. And now this little town of Vineland, New Jersey with Weekly World News Studios. I think it's genius. Like, I think, you know, every creative who's ever accomplished something, you have to really believe in your art. And if you just commit to it and you yeah. you support it and you never are at least really publicly down about it to other people, like people will follow you and you can make it happen. And I feel like this small town in Jersey 
could become like the global Ripley's Believe It or Not. Like, yes, he's shooting all the studio there, but like, I could totally see him getting his hands on all these weird occult and, you know, mummified things. And it's a place you could go to visit as a pilgrimage and see all these crazy things. And there'll be, you know, Elvis impersonators and you can interview Manigator about his life in the swamp. Like, it, yeah. it could be a whole thing. I love the creativity of it and the fact that while he still has that goal of like, hey, ultimately we'd love to be back in supermarkets as that black and white print newspaper, we have all of these other cool ideas and it's all, again, it's all fun. It's sort of self-reinforcing and that the fact that I never knew they had this cast of characters, these recurring characters. No. Like I never realized that. And the fact that they're going to try to capitalize on that idea of like superhero movies and all that, I think is brilliant. I love it so much. No, it's so good. So if you want to get involved with Weekly World News today, the website is great. Go to weeklyworldnews.com. You can browse it all. You can get a free subscription. What I love about the subscription too, you can check the boxes of which themes you're into. You were just saying the themes. So you're like, I only want cryptids and Elvis sightings. And they'll send that to you (laughs) every week. Which is awesome. And as Greg said, like, Facebook's their main jam right now. They do a lot on Facebook, but it's very Instagram-worthy, so it's a good thing to follow if you want to start seeing this stuff. A very alive and well and contemporary, you know, but playful in a good, fair way. We, you know, and speaking of contemporary, we, we did ask our classmates of 80s High if there was a headline about your hometown right now that Weekly World News could publish. What would that headline be? So, uh, Nightly National Nick says, it would either be about a massive scandal that caused our entire planning board to implode and resign in October, or the ludicrous overuse of Old Bay in this area. Believe it or not, I feel like both of those are equally unsettling. The Old Bay conspiracy theory sounds, like, brilliant. I want to read that. I'm very interested. Yeah. Like, it's actually a drug that's being trafficked, you know, right right in the open. If you snort a line of Old Bay, you can see the (laughs) Thetans living among us. That's that's what you can see. Uh, What else did we get? Uh, Noster Jemis says, aliens set up camp in Miamisburg, Ohio. Maybe that's why he's living his dream life, because he's near the aliens. Yeah, he feels back home. This is great. Listen, there is a physics laboratory Maybe they're actually, you know, opening up a portal and a wormhole so the aliens can come through. That's a dream life. I'm, I'm here for it, Mr. Jemis. <laughs> Nicely done, Mr. Jemis. It's good. Christopher, I feel like we've covered a lot. Is there anything else between January 1st, 1990 and April 22nd, 2023 that we need to cover about Weekly World News? I've got something for 2028. Oh. It has been foretold. That Bat Boy will become president in 2028. <laughs> okay, so vote early, vote I often, everybody. It. 2028, Bat Boy for president. I'm here for it. So good. So uh, good. Uh, Chris, I don't know how to tell you this. Okay. <laughs> but I glanced out the open door of contemporary culture, mm-hmm. and I saw an eight-foot Bigfoot that was almost a nine-foot Bigfoot because the high heel palms it was wearing – Oh, a very glittery, very salacious cocktail dress and hoop earrings. I think Bigfoot Hooker just walked down the hallway. <laughs> and we need to see where they're going because I have questions and they have answers. I mean, Bigfoot Hooker knows where the happening stuff is going on. Yes. Let's follow Bigfoot Hooker down to math class so we can solve the algebraic equation. Chris and Ben plus Bigfoot Hooker equals question mark? Question mark? It's one of the weirdest transitions I've ever done in this show. 
All I'm imagining is at the end of Harry and the Hendersons where Harry's making the siren noise to like cut through the traffic jam. And like somehow that's the mating call and Bigfoot Hooker heard it and was like, oh, oh, there's a there's a stud in my area, a local stud. Oh, my God. We are here in math class to figure out how Weekly World News holds up today. Do you want to kick it off for us? I'm going to get right to the headline here, folks. Weekly World News still totally holds up today. (laughs) There's always going to be a need in our society to celebrate absurdity, wit, and wonder in all its forms. Yes, maybe it's silly entertainment. Maybe it's not your cup of alien tea. But parody itself, I believe, is timeless. Sure, the types of jokes will change as culture evolves. And some headlines or topics don't hold up today. We talked about that a little bit with Greg. But we must always be willing to poke fun at ourselves and not take things too seriously. And I think as long as Weekly World News can keep things fresh and updated, it's going to have legs. And probably like six of them. (laughs) That's good. Not only bringing back the long-form paper, but also venturing into these pulpy movies – Still popular, Hello Sharknado and all of its sequels. Epic superheroes and villains. Again, MCU, anyone? And video shorts and YouTube and TikTok and Insta Reels. You know, as a personal trafficker of daily snark about modern work and living, these kinds of little short video stories, I think, fit so well into weekly world news sensibility. I think they have a great lane there. Funny, bite-sized, makes you laugh, even makes you think. And I have to say, anytime I watch something that's hilarious, and then I just say to myself, truth, out loud to no one, it's mission accomplished. And I I think Weekly World News can get there. And yeah, Greg and his team are in a position to relaunch, again, not only that paper, it's really a media franchise around ultimately what I would say is a simple, alluring premise. Take strange, real headlines, and let's make them larger than life. And much like Roadside Americana, magic... And conspiracy theories, we show up with the desire to be entertained and even fooled just one more time. So there you go. Ooh, beautifully said. I like it. I love uh, it. This is a great time. I'll give you so some snaps, you some little poetry snaps, some golf claps. There it is. There it is. How about you, Benjamin? What are your thoughts? On my 14 fingers. My thoughts. Uh, I will also Quentin Tarantino it and say I love Weekly World News. But how did we get there? You know, I love there's 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 a kindness to it, which is probably not a word I would think I would say. Mm. I think one of the things that always is really gross to me about tabloids is how like those photographers and writers are like haranguing and chasing down and harassing those those celebrities to get the shot, to get the story. It's like the worst part of that paparazzi culture, right? I mean, yeah. you know, Princess Diana is a, a, an awful example of that, right. right? And that's that's just gross to me. And I love that Weekly World News still kind of covers some celebrity stuff, but they're not evil about it in a way. And I yeah. do find paparazzi, sorry, gang, if you're a paparazzi listener, evil for, for harassing these people to get this story or the photograph. The second thing is I love I love the extra step in creativity that Weekly World News takes. There's never a headline that's just Bigfoot was sighted. It has mm. to be Bigfoot was sighted in Mississippi with 12 kids between 14 partners. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to push it a little farther. Yeah. I think that's really creative. I think that's really interesting. I love that. I already mentioned that I thought the early graphic design was groundbreaking, like the photograph editing they were doing to make the merfolk and Batboy and Bigfoot come to life in the, the pages. I think that's great. 
we've mentioned this several times, so this is nothing new, but it gives me a good dose of nostalgia of a time back in America where most of the literate U.S. population could easily discern fact from fiction. What an innocent, nicer, calmer time (laughs) where we all agreed on reality and we all knew what was ridiculous and we could laugh at ridiculous together. And at that time, if someone poked fun at your team, your circle, whatever your thing was that you held holy, whether that was religion, your state, or politics, you could take the poke and not threaten throwing over the country because somebody poked fun at your thing. What a nicer, calmer time that was. (laughs) I just miss that. And I hope maybe with, with Greg's help, they can help lead us into a future where that's possible again. I think it would be really great. Lastly, I think I I just wanted to share this, and hopefully this brings a little twinkle to Greg's eye when he hears this, but I just, to this day, I can't stand in a checkout line and wait and look at the end cap and not be looking for weekly world news. Mm. It's just so ingrained in my brain, that black and white tabloid cover and the absurdity that's on it. I can thin slice, as as, uh, they say in the, the book Blink, I can thin slice all the other garbage that's up there of all the celebrity stuff and whatever, but I'm looking for weekly world news still as an adult. And I think that's just like a, a good testament to its impression of pop culture, because uh, you're still looking for it, even though you know it's not there. And I know, under the leadership of Greg D'Alessandro, someday I'm going to look down. I'm going to see it there. It's going to make oh, me really happy. Beautiful. We asked Greg, and Chris, I'm so sorry to try and ask you to go through this editing circus, but I think there's sort of three things that Greg said that all can come really well here together. Okay. To have the final say. You know, we, we asked Greg... Why do people love Weekly World News? Why are they drawn to these stories? We asked him, what do you hope that the, the lasting legacy is of Weekly World News? You know, wh- what's, your, what's your stamp on history? And yeah. also for our, for our listeners, if any of you out there like this writing style, you want to get into this, or you have friends and family who are creative writers, how do you break into this sort of satirical, hilarious style of writing? And I think all three of those together, if you can smoosh them from throughout our interview, is like a nice little end cap to this episode. I think I can make that work. Woo! Why do you think people love to play this game of believing in cryptids so much? What is that? I have thought about that. Too. I, I really don't know, but they, <laughs> but they did. It's just this other, it's like this other world that we don't see. Most people don't see. And then we get to say that we see this other world mm. and these other beasts and everything. And like, so it makes you feel like a little bit like I know things that you don't know. I see things that you don't see. I'm on this other level and I can see more and the plane. That's what I get from talking, you know, or what people sending me things about what they see about even Bigfoot for sure. Like, oh, so they, people, you know, they've seen it out there. They got evidence. There's all sorts of evidence and, and UFOs. Like, so we wrote all this stuff about UFOs and aliens. Over here, and now the Pentagon's coming out. Right. And releasing the truth. And it's like, so, well, we were right, everyone, they're right. right. And now it's like everyone's right. So now it's blurring, like, what's reality, what's not. Uh, there's actually a philosopher in, in England. I think his name is David Deutsch or something. Yeah. And he talks about stuff like, we don't even know if, like, this is a table, a desk here. You know? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't yeah, even know yeah. if this is real. Right. 
Like, so like nothing's real. And I'm like, okay, now we're like, you know, this feels real to know. us. I'm enjoying this interview. I feel yeah, like this is real. Right. I think this is happening. Yeah. 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 That does feel. Is there like a mark or a legacy or a, an impact that you would like weekly world news to have on people, on your readers, on the world? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I actually thought about this other times too. So this is difficult trying to relaunch this thing. Just honest, it's like there's a lot of challenges everywhere and just trying to get us out there again. And so a lot of people think it's uh it's crazy sometimes. Just keep keep at this because I'm you know, I just really believe in it. I'm passionate about it. And I just, you know, I'm like a, a guy with his head on fire seeking a pond. But why would I not give it up? It's because I keep getting this feedback from people. This put a smile on their face today, or they wait to see the things we put out, or I go into a meeting and they're like, you know, I hold up our paper. We have our greatest covers. Yeah. I can't even hold on to these things. I I bring them to a meeting. Oh, you can't. You know, if we can bring some smiles some joy back into people's uh, life, that would be the, the goal. I feel like it's almost like this, from my point of view, like a national treasure, Wicked World News, that needs to be back into the zeitgeist you know so people have it and they can share it and i think i'd like to do that you know and i'm I'm trying to get it so that i hand it off soon to a lot of enthusiastic younger people which we have and they'll carry this on forward and hopefully it'll be something that brings you know fun and joy and kind of maybe brings people together somehow just in the fact of like leaving behind everything else because i have people always you know say oh it's so dark out there now it's these are terrible times and stuff, but I'm like, yeah, but we can laugh about gravity being missing in this town for a little time. <laughs> so I think that's it. I just want to bring a little, put a little joy, smile on our face a little bit. It's a simple thing, maybe cliche, but I think that's the thing. Listen, it's why we do this podcast. Yeah. Like we wanted to bring a little bit of like joy to people's busy, sometimes, you know, crazy life. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're doing the same thing and yeah, we're going to keep at it then. As long as I keep getting that feedback, you know. For people who listen to our show, who love Weekly World News and this like satirical writing, we've got some young, blossoming creative writers out there. How how would you tell those writers to sort of get into satirical writing game? What would, what would be your advice? Well, I would first tell them if they have anything, send it to us. <laughs> okay. Submissions at weeklyworldnews.com. Perfect. So Amazing. that would be good. But uh yeah, I just put stuff out there. I mean, actually, this this summer we have a few. I'm trying to bring in, you know, young people. So we have some high school students will be working with us this summer. No kidding. Yeah. What an yeah, internship! Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that was a cool <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and video. If they, I, you know, I think I would probably tell people to do video, short videos. That seems to to get you to the top a little quicker. You know. Sort of like in the position of of satirical news, like a like the Daily Show kind of thing. Yeah, or when you say yeah, videos, yeah. yeah, yeah, like like so we have we've had different reporters over the years, like street reporters with the microphone, with the world news, and people like those a lot. You know, <laughs> so and so they'll look at that more than they'll read an article, and with YouTube Shorts and everything. So I mean, right too. But now we have this whole Chat GPT thing, which is messing things up but uh, but also could be helpful i guess you know have you played with that at all have you said like chat gbt tell oh, yeah. me a story about man gator and it's like spit something no, out no no you could you could put into chat gpt you could put in 
write me a weekly world news story about balloons or something. I hope that doesn't put you guys out of business. We gotta we gotta shut that no, stuff no, down. No, 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 no. I think just go for it and not wait to be uh, picked, which you don't have to anymore. Yeah, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, but it's just keep doing it. That's the thing. It's just the grinding it out, and eventually it'll pay off. You know. See, every good paper relies on a solid editor. You're the man. Right. <laughs> you and Greg are, are the true silent heroes. No, it's a. <laughs> I, I love that you asked him and he's like, submit to us. That was yeah. a great call to action. I wasn't expecting, but was like, that's great. I love it. So if you really connect with this sensibility and you love creative writing, submit your stories. You may be the next Brick Rivers. Here's the thing. I'm going to say this with absolute sincerity. Based on a lot of the answers we've gotten over the seasons from classmate nightly national Nick I want you to write in, submit some stories to Weekly World News. I swear on this podcast and Optimus Prime, you could get published in it. I think it could happen. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, we look forward to hearing from you, Nightly Nick, and let us know what your non-diplume is once you are a, a published correspondent of Weekly World News. Chris... Thank you for coming on this journey through black and white on the mysterious, the weird, the wild, and the unbelievable. Mm. Mm. As always, couldn't have done it without you, wouldn't have done it without you. It was my pleasure. And thank you for lining up the get of the season. The amazing interview we had with Greg. Greg D'Alessandro, thank you so much for joining us. Your enthusiasm, your joy was so apparent and you are such a lovely person to talk to we cannot thank you enough for uh, spending a little bit of time with us and talking about weekly world news thank you greg and if we're lucky enough listeners greg would love to come back once zombie wedding has come out and it's hitting the screen so we will try and make that happen in the fourth season of 80s high uh, and see if we can get greg back to talk about that now chris you've made some future predictions already bat boy is going to be president in 2028 But could you also make a future prediction and tell us what the next topic may or may not be on 80s High? Absolutely. And look, we've been talking about Weekly World News, but Ben, I do believe in truth and journalism. So we're just going to be upfront (laughs) and honest. You know next episode's topic. I can't fake it to the listeners. Because of our crazy recording schedule, I did have to know this one. Listen, it is like 99.999% true that it is a absolute reveal. I think we've only done this maybe one other time where we've sort of had to do it for behind the scenes reasons. Uh, Because of how we recorded, Ben does know the next topic, but listeners, you don't. So I'm still going to take you on the same journey. Yeah, Uh, good, 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 good. And then Ben will be like, oh my God, I never knew this was the thing. She's Louise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So my choice for next episode is something, Ben, I think I've told you, I've wanted to do ever since we started this podcast and i waited a while not for any particular reason but decided it would be one of my last picks for season three the time has come also it has been a while since i picked a movie uh Mm, now granted we talked about a lot of movies when uh we covered steven spielberg and we ended up talking about a lot of movies for teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah uh but this is actually my first and as it will turn out only Singular contained movie selection for junior year of this podcast. Really? It's kind of hard to believe. Isn't that crazy? Oh, that is pretty I feel crazy. like I picked a lot in the first two seasons. Yeah, you've really shown some restraint. Really good on you. That's really impressive. Way to, way to rein yourself in. You know, we're a show about variety and balance. I guess I just had to you know, self-correct a little bit. But we're coming back to one of my favorites 
And to get there, we have to go to 1985. I am going to say this is one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Oh. Maybe top five. (gasps) It might be top five. Oh, my goodness. This movie is stacked with a hilarious cast of actors. Oh, my God. Packed with enough wit and absurdity to make Greg and Weekly World News proud. And based on a popular board game. That's right, listeners. We're headed to that creepy mansion on the hill with an invitation and an alias. And with secrets to keep and perhaps murderous intentions in our hearts. That's right. We'll be revisiting the cult classic, the highly quotable, the much-beloved movie, Clue. Yes, I am your singing telegram. Bam! (laughs) Oh my gosh. So good. If you don't like movies being quoted back to you, you are going to hate this next episode. Just skip the next episode. (laughs) Skip it entirely. Hard skip, hard press. Do not even venture into the first few seconds. No, this is such a good time. We're going to have a voice who's joined us before back i seem to bring him back once a season uh classmate aaron dear friend of mine i'm so glad he and i love this movie we quote it to each other every single time we're in person together it's a bit absurd and ridiculous but hey show don't tell so you're gonna yeah right (laughs) you're gonna get a front row seat to it in the next episode and ben i'm so excited for you to come along on this journey because i don't know that i know much about your experience with this movie so i can't wait to hear it Well, there's only one way you're going to find out. How's that? You'll have to discover Mr. Ben with the microphone in the recording booth. It's the only way to solve the mystery of my history. Uh, So excited to get into this pick. This is such an exciting pick. I'm so ready. So I look forward to finding out which of the three alternate endings is the real ending on our next episode, Ben. Of 80s High. Thanks, everyone, for listening to 80s High Podcast by Ben and Chris. Our theme song is by Greg Reed, with vocals by Chad Bumford. Show artwork is by Alex Goddard at alexgoddarddesign.com. If you like the show, please support us by passing a note to a friend in your next class. Also, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to help spread the rumor. Stay radical!